finishing up and we're on peace. We've been going out of Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22 and 23. And it says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. So the people who are so concerned, do I have to follow the law? Do I not follow the law? Paul's writing to them and saying, look, if you're living your life by the Holy Spirit in you and God's spirit in you and the fruit of that life you live is in you, then you don't have to worry about whether or not you're following the law. You're, you're living a life led by God. And God wants us to live a life full of peace and joy and love and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. Think about it. If I'm being gentle and kind to the people around me and I'm living a life full of self-control, do I have to worry about the, about the law that says do not murder? No, right? I mean, that's just, that's there. Because if I love people around me and I have self-control, I shouldn't have to worry about those things. So he's trying to let us know, like, look, as a Christian, when you've got spirit in you, you don't have to worry about whether or not you're perfect. Just live your life with a life full of love. Now, the reality is, who of us does that perfectly? I don't. <laughs> I'm not always self-controlled. You can ask my husband. No, there's times where I'm not very kind. There's times when I might get mad about something, right? But we're supposed to recognize that in ourselves. And as Christians that are living a life with the Holy Spirit, we're supposed to, you know, catch ourselves. And, you know, we try to do better, right? So what is the Greek word? We've been looking at these words saying, like, our definition of some of these things is different than what they meant in the original Greek. So if you grab one of these, if you make sure the ushers, hopefully everyone gets one of these if they haven't already. Um, it is harmony in all relationships is what peace means, right? We say it, but sometimes we don't know what it means. Like, I just wish I had some peace, some peace and quiet around here. What does that mean? I wish I was in harmony with the people around me, right? Now, what are some of the relationships that this might be talking about? How about a relationship being in harmony with your spouse, I mean, I could do a whole series on being in harmony with your spouse. That's, I got people nodding their heads. They know what I mean, right? What about with your kids? Are we always in harmony with our kids? No, we're not always in harmony with our kids. What about with our mother or father or our brothers and sisters? How about with our friends or neighbors or coworkers? Or what about our clients if we're at work, right? So we've got a lot of people we interact with neighbors, right? And we might not necessarily be at harmony with all of them, but that's what walking in true peace with all of your relationships would be, is being in harmony with all these different people. So now, is this something really attainable? Is this something God's promised us? Now, I, I, last week when we had um, communion, I read through this, and I, and I mentioned it earlier, in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 5, when they were talking about um, when Jesus went to the cross, it says that he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. So he was punished, and it brought us peace. And that's the part that peace is for our soul, right? Because the healing part is for our body, right? The forgiveness of the iniquities and the transgressions, that's for our spirit, 
But that peace is for our soul, and our soul is about our interaction, our emotions, and our relationships around us. So it is promised to us. Most of you here, if, if I were to sit down and talk to you and say, have you ever sinned? You would say, oh, yeah. And I would say, has Jesus forgiven you? And you would say, oh, yeah. Are you going to heaven when you die? Oh, yeah. Right? Most of you have accepted that. But if I were to say, do you have healing for your body every time you pray and ask God for it? You might be like, eh, sometimes. Do you have peace in all your relationships? Eh, right? It's interesting because as Christians, modern day Christians, we have a harder time accepting the healing and the peace than we do the salvation, even though all three are promised to us. Think about this. When there's, there's a in one of the Gospels, it talks about when Jesus was in a crowded house. And he's preaching, and the house is packed. And so this, these men come with this guy that's paralyzed, and he's on a mat. And they can't get to him. So they climb up on the roof with their friend, and they dig a hole in the roof. And they lower down the mat with this man on it. And as he comes down, Jesus has to stop what he's doing to talk to the guy. I mean, I mean if all of a sudden there's a hole up here, and somebody's being lowered down... I'd probably be like, hey, what you doing? You know, I'm happy to talk to him. Well, anyway, as he's talking to him, he says to him, he says, your sins are forgiven. Now, the people in the room with him, they're like, who do you think you are? You can't forgive him of sin, right? Because you're not God. And of course, he is God. So he's like, what is it to you? What does it matter if I say your sins are forgiven or take your mat and walk and be healed? He goes, I am God, right? I can do both. I love that passage because if they had a hard time accepting the forgiveness, right? Because they're a culture of they sin, they got to do a sacrifice, and they're dirty, and they got to be clean, and all this stuff, right? And we're the opposite. We're a culture that says, huh, oh, I'm just asking to forgive me, and I'm forgiven. But I have a hard time accepting the healing. And he's saying, what is it? What does it matter if I say one or say the other? You can, I, I can do both that easily. But we have to have the faith to believe it. So the question is, is, will we have the faith to believe that we can have peace, harmony in all of our relationships? Can we receive it? Now, see, that, that's hard because Satan is trying to attack us. He tries to make us have hell on earth. See, Jesus came and says that the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come to give him life and life more abundantly. It's in John 10, 10. Why is Satan trying to steal, kill, and destroy us? Because he's miserable and he wants everybody else to be miserable. And so he is trying to, he can't steal your salvation, so he's going to try to steal your peace. See, we were promised three things. And modern day American Christians, he can't steal our salvation. I mean, he tries. I mean, some of us are raised in, in legalistic things, and we think if we even have a bad thought, we're going to hell. But that's, that's not true. That's what Satan tells us. You go to heaven not because of your thoughts or because of your actions. You go to heaven because of what he did on the cross. So when I need healing, we think, oh, I can't get it. But it's not based on us. It's based on what he did on the cross. We can ask for that healing just like we can ask for forgiveness of our sins. Just like we can ask for peace. Okay? So Satan's trying to steal the peace because he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I love how it's three. Did you see that? Steal, kill, and destroy. 
because we're three beings, right? Steal my peace, right? Kill my body, destroy my salvation, my spirit. Like just like there's, we're made three, he's trying to attack us in all three ways, all right? So it's hard to hold on to your peace because Satan is constantly trying to steal it from us. But it is possible. We have to claim it. We have to ask for more of it. We have to receive what is promised. We have to understand how is it that I walk in peace when somebody else is mad at me, right? I mean, if I'm supposed to be in harmony with all relationships, how can I be at peace when somebody's being nasty to me? Because see, your peace in your heart has nothing to do with them. Your peace in your heart has to do with your relationship with Jesus. Let's look here on John chapter 14, starting in verse 25. It says, All this I have spoken while still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. I love this. We're getting back to that fear thing. Remember last week we talked about love and how the opposite of love was fear? See, the opposite of peace is offense. And he's saying, I don't give you peace like the world gives. How does the world want there to be peace? The world wants the people around you to treat you right so then you can feel at peace and then you can be in harmony with them. That's not how God works. God doesn't give us others control. One of the gifts of the Holy Spirit is not that I get to control the people around me. I don't get to control my kids. I don't get to control my husband. And believe me, I try. You can ask them. I do. I'm I'm being honest. Try not to be a liar here. Do you not do that? Do you not tell your spouse, please do this and don't do that? And do you not text your kids a million times and say, what the heck are you doing? Where are you? I mean, come on. We all try others' control and it doesn't work. I mean, you know, when you're in a relationship with somebody and somebody asks you, hey, will you please get me a glass of water? You know, if you love the person, you're you're up, you're probably going to get it for them. I mean, we are walking in kindness and thoughtfulness. I'm not saying it's wrong to try to communicate to other people, but I can't say that my peace is based on whether or not they respond in the way I want them to respond. I have to choose to have self-control when it comes to my peace and say, regardless of how everybody is acting around me, can I know in my heart that I have the peace that Jesus gives, not as the world gives, And if the world is in chaos, I know I will be okay because Christ is with me. See, I love this. I've had people ask me before, Mary, I need help. I have a hard time trusting people. And I'll say, yeah, you're supposed to. Now that's a hard statement. But God's word is very clear. It says, do not trust man for they will let you down. The Bible actually says, put your trust in me, meaning God, because I will never let you down. Now, does that mean we don't trust people? No. You know, I ask people, do they let me down sometimes? Absolutely. Is the sanctuary hot today? Everyone say yes. Somebody let me down. 
Somebody, the person who was supposed to turn the air conditioner on earlier today didn't do it. Guess what? I still love that person. I'm still at peace with that person, right? You might not be at peace right now, now that you know that it was somebody that screwed up. Oh, it's hot in here, right? But here's the thing. The world would say, if I'm going to walk into a sanctuary and it's hot, that my rest of my night's ruined and I'm going to be mad and it's going to affect how I preach. But the reality is I have a broken, fallen person that I was relying on. And guess what? They're not perfect. They make mistakes. Really, I can be mad at myself. Why didn't I text him last night to double check? Really, you should all be mad at me because normally I do that, right? Am I a broken, fallen person and do I make mistakes? Absolutely. So this is why we don't say, my trust was in this person and then only my joy and only my peace can happen if they fulfill everything they say. Because guess what? They're going to screw up. And if you are putting all your trust and all your joy in that, then when they screw up, you'll never be at peace. But if instead you say, I have my trust and my peace and my joy in God the Father, and he will bring the people in my life to add to my life, and if they make a mistake, I will forgive them just as I am forgiven, and I will move forward. Now, does that change, you know, does that mean you never change, you just keep letting the same person do whatever? No. I already asked somebody different tonight. I said, you know what, help, help us remember. You know, between, you know help, help the three of us now instead of just two of us so that next Sunday the air will be on earlier, right? You can still make changes even though I'm trusting in God and I'm going to be at peace with this person. It doesn't mean that I keep letting mistakes happen, but it means that my peace and my joy and my love as I go forward isn't dependent solely on this person because my peace cannot be based on what the world gives. And the world says, people let you down, you get pissed, right? Oh, I got, I got told on last week, somebody told me I said that word last week and I said, oh, is that a bad word? I never like think about that. So if that's a bad word, I apologize to whoever might be offended. So, but it's reality, isn't it? We get upset sometimes when people let us down. But Jesus said, I'm not going to give to you as the world gives. And because I'm going to give you my peace and you're not going to be reliant on the world's peace, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So when I'm in harmony with all my other relationships and somebody's not doing something I don't want, I'm not going to be afraid about that. I'm not going to live in fear, right? I'm going to walk in love. I'm going to walk in forgiveness. I'm going to do what I need to do because God forgives me. So how can I be in harmony with those around me? Number one, I got to change my expectations. I don't know about you, but most of my relationship issues are when I expect somebody to do something for me and they don't do it or they don't do it the way I expected them to do it. So sometimes I have to change my expectations to be at peace. And sometimes, you know, you're in a relationship with somebody and week after week after week, the same thing doesn't change. I mean, I have people come into my office and they'll say, Mary, I've asked this person to change. I've told this person to change. I need this person to change and they're not changing. And I'll say to them, if you are to live your life in peace, you have to acknowledge that they're never going to change. So either you're going to live with them doing this thing or you're going to put a boundary up and say, okay, because you're doing this thing, I'm going to walk away. But that's how you walk in peace. You can't do the other's control. I can't, it, no, I can ask them, I can be polite, but if they're not going to change, I have to be at peace despite that. And that's hard. I cannot control others. I can only control my reaction to their actions. 
Have you ever heard that one? That's like my motto, man. Like I got to like I have that written down on notes on the wall of my office. I cannot control your actions. I can only control my reaction to your actions. That's how I keep my peace. I can I can be in the midst of a storm and say, Shh, "It's raining. You're getting wet. I'm going to go swimming." When I go in the lake, I get wet anyway. I might as well be at peace on a rainy day when I'm up north by the lake. I could sit inside and be all upset that it's raining and I can't go outside. Or I can say, I'm going to go outside and get wet anyway. Why? Because my peace is not dependent on the weather. My peace is dependent on the Holy Spirit inside of me. All right, God, what are we going to do today? It's raining out. Let's go do a bonfire and some marshmallows. That sounds awesome. I'm going to go out and do it. How are you? That's why they say go dance in the rain, right? Like if it rains on you, you can go do something else. You can be in the midst of a storm and still be at peace because it's not about what's on the outside. It's about what's on the inside. But most of us are not at peace because the first person that we're not in harmony with is ourself. See, the definition of this piece says harmony in all relationships. But if I'm not at peace with me and I don't accept who I am and I don't accept the mistakes that I've made and I don't accept where I am in this moment, then I'm going to be upset, not only with myself, but with everybody else who reminds me of myself. You know, they always say that about moms or parents. They'll, you know why they're so mad at their kid, right? They're doing just what they did at that age right? You're like, don't do that. I did that. And it was horrible. I'm telling you not to do that. Are you at peace with yourself that you turned out okay, despite the fact that you did that? Forgive yourself first before you go talking to them. The Bible talks about that, right? Don't try to get the splinter out of somebody else's eye if you're walking around with a log in yours. But it's hard to be at peace with other people when we're really miserable and mad at ourselves. So, number one, do you love yourself? Have you forgiven yourself? Are you at peace with where you are? Now, some of you are saying, like, no, I'm not happy with where I'm at. Okay, well, what are you going to do to change it? Well, I don't got any plans to change it. I'm just mad about it. Well, that's dumb. Let's just be honest. If you don't like where you're at, come up with one goal this week to do something different. My house is always a mess, Mary. My kids' rooms are always a mess. Okay, well, maybe this week your only goal is is to make sure that one spot on your kitchen table is cleared off. And every night before you go to bed, you're going to make sure you clear off that spot. That would be smart because you're doing something different to be at more peace with yourself, right? Okay, this is the area I don't like. I'm going to do something different. Number one, have you forgiven yourself? God forgives you. God loves you. God loves you just as you are. He knows that you're not perfect, and he loves you just as you are. Can you stand before the mirror and say, I love myself. I love how I look in these pants. I love my hair. I love my face. I love my feet. I love the shoes I buy. I love the place I'm in. Can you do that? You might say, well, I'm not, you know, I'm not entirely want to be like this forever, but right now where I'm at, I'm going to love myself just as I am. Because God loves you just as you are. Because you got to love yourself. You got to forgive yourself. God's forgiven you. God loves you. 
See, once you can be at peace with yourself, then you can say, okay, if I can forgive myself for the horrible things I did back when I was 12 and how it affected me today, then I can forgive you and what you did to me last week. Now, I, you're right, again, you might change some things. You might do some things a little different. You might have learned from your mistakes. That would be smart. And you can learn how to not have expectations for people. If you keep expecting someone to come home and give you a kiss and tell you that they love you and they're not doing it, then maybe you change that expectation and say, okay, I'm going to give them a hug and kiss when they come home. Rather than expecting them to do it for me, I'm going to do it for them, right? You're changing that. That's okay. See, we need to forgive others as we've been forgiven and as we forgive ourselves. That will help us with the peace. See, the closest that we're around affects us the peace the most, right? You, I mean, most of the time. Some of you might come in here and say, hey, some guy on the freeway honked at me yesterday and I couldn't sleep all night. Well, we got to talk about that. Most of the time, though, it's not that, right? Most of the time it's, my spouse and I had a big fight before I went to bed and I was up all night, right? Because it's the one that's closest to you, okay? They're the ones that you have the hardest time with. And Satan will bring offense into your life. What is offense? Offense is this, like, I call it, a, I, I, this is me, a mortal wound, you know? It's not like, oh, I stepped on your toes and, oh, sorry. It's usually I stabbed you in the back with a hatchet while you were screaming for help, right? And now it's like I come near you with a thumbnail and you're like, don't touch me! And right now I'm offended at any little thing you do. And, you know, most of the time when we get offended, it's something that was a deep relationship issue. And I have lots of people come in my office and they'll talk to me about it. And a lot of times when you're offended and you have something deep in your heart, it, it messes with your peace. I mean, that's Satan trying to kill that peace. Most of the time, you know, the Bible says there's, there's wisdom in a multitude of counselors, right? There's, you go to your shepherd and have them pour oil and healing balm on the wounds, right? That was one of my big things when I became a pastor. I was like, Lord, I need to be able to do pastoral counseling. Because most of the time, when we're offended, when we've had some sort of mortal wound by somebody we love and we're offended and it's bothering our peace, we need to go to a good pastor or a good counselor Somebody that doesn't just say, okay, well, this happened to you. You got to get over it. But somebody that says, okay, this happened to you. Let's pray that the Lord heals this. And let's talk about this and pray about this. And you add God's healing power in with, you know, talking it through. But if you have some deep offenses with people that are around you and it's really affecting your peace, don't be afraid to fill out one of the cards that say, I need pastoral counseling. I need, I need to talk to somebody. Because see, Satan will try to isolate you and say, oh, don't say anything to anybody. You know, be tough. Just let it go. Just bury it. You know, I don't know about you, but if I get cut and it's real nasty and I just take some duct tape and tie it around there, that might help in the minute until I get to the ER. But if I leave that duct tape on and I don't take it off, it gets infected. It gets nasty. It starts to really hurt. Now if anybody touches that arm or touches that spot... I'm going to be screaming out in pain. I'm going to be hurting. And see, Satan wants us to just hide things that are bothering us, and that infection gets deep down in there. That's why with the sheep, with the wool, you know, it could get kind of covered over, and then the infection would go in there. And that's why a good shepherd at night, he would take his hands and run down the sides of the sheep and kind of poke around and see where they would wince. 
And then he would have to pull the wool back and look in there. And then he had to put oil in there. And he'd have to scrape it out. He'd have to put ointment in there. He'd have to put some healing in there. So if you've gotten an area in your life where you've been offended at somebody, right, a mortal wound, something that's really wounded you, don't be afraid to ask for godly counsel and help so you can bring healing to that. See, God wants us to be healed. So peace doesn't just come easy. We see it here in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 20 and 21. It says, Now may the God of peace who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead, our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep. Now, how does, the, how does he become the God of peace? Because of the blood that Jesus shed. We just read in Isaiah 53. Now we can have this peace because he's our great shepherd over the sheep. May he equip you with everything good for doing his will. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him. Through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. We want the God of peace in our lives, and we want this fruit of the peace to be in our lives. But we have to be equipped. And sometimes that means you have to go and talk to somebody and get some different equipment put in your life and have this healing that the blood of Jesus has promised us and apply it to your life. I could give you all a million dollars today. Well, I couldn't, but let's say I did. Let's say I miraculously could do that. So let's say I gave you a million dollars today, and it was in a form of a cashier's check. And you guys took that all home, and you shoved it in the back of your junk drawer and left it there. Would that benefit you in any way? That would not benefit you in any way. If somebody gave me a cashier's check for a million dollars, guess what I would do with it? I would go directly to the bank, and if the bank wasn't open, I would go to Walmart and buy myself a safe, like one of those like little firebox safes and like a bicycle padlock, and I'd put it in there, and I'd tie it around my waist, and I'd walk it around with that little, you know, firebox safe hanging off my booty until the bank opened up. Wouldn't you? I would. I would do something like that and protect that puppy, and then I would get it to the bank, and I would deposit that million dollars, and then I'd be calling, I'd be calling the roofer for the church. I'd be calling a real estate agent and say, hey, can we do this? Hey, can we do that? Hey, can we uh, expand the parking lot here? You know, hey, can we buy some more car seats? I'd be doing a lot of things. I would take the full benefit of that million dollars. God has promised you peace. Do you want it? Do you want to apply it and have harmony in your life and all your relationships? Number one, you've got to communicate when you just bury what is not stealing, you know, what's stealing your peace, what's not working for you, you don't communicate either to the loved ones around you how you're feeling or what's going on, or you don't communicate to a counselor or a pastor or somebody that can be praying for you, an elder to help you with that, you're not going to be at peace. You're going to stay offended. And see, God wants us to be at peace. We need to acknowledge where we are at in our lives and our relationships. We need to forgive where we need to forgive. We need to use boundaries where we need to use boundaries. And we need to be confident in who we are. Because sometimes, you know, you acknowledge, okay, I got this coworker, man, and they just keep stepping on my toes. All right, I'm going to forgive them, Lord, and I'm going to put up some boundaries. I'm not going to let them talk to me and do this. And I'm confident that, you know, it doesn't matter what they say, that I'm a loser at work and I'm not getting my work done. I know. I've talked to my boss. I know I've done everything I can do. At a certain point, I just got to ignore that and know that I'm doing what I need to do. 
but I need to talk to somebody about it. I need to get help. I need to get past that being offended at that, and I need to be at peace with who I am if they're not going to cooperate. Hopefully those close to you will cooperate enough, but those that don't cooperate in being in harmony, you got to be able to put up boundaries. You've got to be able to forgive them. You've got to be able to talk it through so that way you can be at peace in yourself despite what's happening. You can be at peace even if it's raining. I'm going to end here with the parable of the lost, or the lost son, the parable of the, of the oh, what do you call it? Oh, the son, the lost son, I guess, the prodigal son, the prodigal son. That was the word I was looking for. And now you think, what does this have to do with being a prodigal son? It doesn't have anything to do with being a prodigal son. So let me read it to you anyway. Is that okay? Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. Ah, we're not going to talk about the prodigal son. So there's one other son, the older son. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all that he had, and he set off for a distant country, and there he squandered his wealth and wild living. After he had spent everything there, was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country, who sent him to his field to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Bring a ring and put on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and he is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, 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 the older son was in the field. And when he came near the house, he heard the music and the dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him, what is going on? Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and lost his peace, didn't he? The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I have been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him? My son... 
the father says. This isn't about you. He didn't actually say that, but that's what he's saying. Today we're going to celebrate your brother. We're going to celebrate my fathering and my loving and my praying and my wondering where my little boy was. I don't think that older brother had kids because, I mean, come on. All of us get it, don't we? I mean, you a kid that's been gone. I mean, he didn't even have cell phones back then. He hasn't heard from them. For all he knows, he's dead. Today's about me celebrating and being happy for my son. If you wanted something from me, all you had to do was ask. You needed to communicate. But you've not been at peace about not having parties with your friends and you never asked for one. I know he said that because, I mean, let me keep going here, right? My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. Legally, when he divided his estate, he gave off the younger son what was his. Everything that was left goes to the older son. So he didn't even have to ask his father for a calf. He owned the calf. All he had to do was go tell him and communicate. But we had to celebrate and be glad because your brother of yours was dead and he is alive again. He was lost and he is found. All right. Why am I telling you this one? For peace. Don't be like the older brother. Don't, don't be offended and think that how this person's reacting has anything to do with you. Most of the time, it doesn't. And even if somebody walks up to me and yells in my face, which I've had them happen and done that, it wasn't about me. It was about them. Because I am good and I am fine and I know it. And that's very prideful. But I'm going to tell you what. You come up to me and tell me that I'm a horrible person and you don't like me and you're never coming back here again. I'm going to pray for you, but it's not going to affect my day because I know I'm not a horrible person. And that sucks to be you, that you're going to let what I say in this pulpit, you know, affect your peace. We have to be self-controlled and control what's going on in our heart and how we see the world. We have to say, if it's raining, I'm going to still have fun in the rain. If this person is screaming at me, I'm going to feel bad for them. I'm pray for them. But they got something going on, right? That, that has nothing to do with me. If my the younger brother comes and dad throws him a party, good for dad. Dad's happy. He's back. I'm going to think he's a little stinker for what he did, right? But I'm going to forgive him because the older brother's not perfect. He might have sinned in different ways, but they're both sinners, See, the older brother lost his peace and was offended. He wasn't just offended at his brother. He was offended at the father. And he never communicated, even though he was with his father all the time. And he allowed his offense to not let himself go into the party. See, God wants you to have peace and joy and love and be partying every day of your life. That's why he wants you to have life and life to the full. But most of us are too stubborn and pouting to the point where we're not having fun because we don't have that peace. So how do we do that? We got we to gotta ask for help, number one. We got to communicate to those around us. We got to change our expectations. We got to change our boundaries. Sometimes we got to go talk to a shepherd or a therapist or somebody to help us in recognizing these things. And it's going to take a lot of effort to walk in peace. I left this one for the last because it's what we all wish for and want the most. 
It's what was promised in the prophets, what Jesus did on the cross. But yet it's so hard for us as humans in relationship with other people to walk in every single day. But it's possible because it's been promised to us. What other people are doing around you has nothing to do with you. It has to do with what's going on in their heart. Sometimes you got to communicate with them, right? I've had people mad at me because they thought I said something, and so they get done yelling, and I'm like, I didn't say that. <laughs> this is what I said, right? You misunderstood me, or you misheard me, or somebody's lying about me. And then they're like, oh. And then what they've been up all night worrying about is resolved that quick. Or sometimes it's, yeah, I did say that, and let me explain to you why, right? But we have to choose. See, the older brother was not at peace with the father, and he let the situation with the brother affect him. That's huge. How many of us do that in our lives? How many of us have lost our peace or have been offended because of a situation that we have with somebody else? I think all of us can raise our hand on that one, I think, right? And just like all the other fruits of the Spirit, I said, you've got to choose to do it. You've got to choose to be kind. You've got to choose to be thoughtful. You have to choose to be good and be generous to those in need. You've got to choose to be in harmony with all your relationships. Because that is a gift. It's a fruit. It's something that was promised to us. God wants you to have it. I'm going to pray for all of you because I know it's not easy. I know some of you are sitting here going, Aaron, you don't understand my situation. I don't because you haven't told me. But God does. He knows what you need. And maybe today's the first day of something new for you. Maybe today's the first day of giving to God or trusting in him and taking the trust that you had in this person to be good and kind away and saying, okay, they might not be good to me, but God is. Or I'm going to communicate or I'm going to get help. But let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for your word and that your promises are true and that you will never leave us nor forsake us. And just like you want us to walk in love and to choose to walk in love, you want us to walk in peace and you want us to choose to walk in peace. So help us accept ourselves in this moment just as we are. We might be changing, we might be growing, we might be doing something a little different, but as we're growing, as we're developing, as we're still changing, help us to love ourselves in this moment. And help us to be at peace and harmony with those around us. And if there's those we need to put boundaries up so they can't continue to hurt us, show us how to do that in a kind way, in a loving way, in a respectful way. But help us to love ourselves enough to know that if someone is constantly hurting us and taking our peace, that it's okay to look at things a little different. Maybe we need to get some counsel with the pastor. Maybe we need to talk to somebody. Help us to communicate. Maybe they just don't, the person that we're upset with doesn't even know that what they're doing is hurting us. Give us wisdom and show us what to do, but equip us and teach us. And don't give us the peace the world gives because that's short-lived and it's, and it's very self-centered. We want your peace, Father God, that is loving and kind and good. Help us with this. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Well, I hope you all have a wonderful week. Please grab those cards. You should have nine now. So ask the ushers in the back. They're out there on the, on the tables and on the shelves. And put them on, you know, your mirror at home, in front of the toilet, whichever one you're working on this week. And I pray that you will walk in peace. And if you ever want to talk to me, just please fill out a pastor request card and let us know. And, and I will definitely 
um, be praying with you and for you. All right? Have a great day, everybody. The Blessing Shop is open if you need anything. Thank you.